0: BLOB TALK RADIO
2: Well, howdy, 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 howdy,
0: everybody. Welcome to Left the Straight Show, guys and gals. It is Wednesday, August 19, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. My interns have the night off. Happy Hump Day, everyone. I hope you uh, are doing well, made it through the halfway point of the week, and it'll be a nice, easy, smooth glide into the weekend from here. I had a fantastic day here in Northeast Ohio. It was beautiful, 75 degrees, blue skies, white fluffy crowds. It was like the perfect day. So I decided to take my 81-year-old mother, who I take care of. You all know her as Mama Linda, and took her for a little drive today. We went up to beautiful Lake Erie and just had a long, like, 5 hour adventure. We took off this afternoon, drove around up to Lake Erie, went to Geneva on the Lake, which is an amazing place right on Lake Erie. Lots of little cabins and motels and everything there. It's hugely busy during the summer. With COVID, not that busy today. I was I was actually surprised and a lot of shops closed more than I thought. But it's almost like a fair on the boardwalk. There's all these great food restaurants and cafes and things up and down. There's wineries around there. There's um, fun things to do, all right on beautiful Lake Erie. So we drove through there today and drove through Mentor in Cleveland, came back and stopped at a great bed and breakfast and had an amazing dinner that they served there as well on the patio. If you want to see the pictures, you can go to my social media and Twitter and Instagram, it's at left of straight, always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R. In the number eight, you'll see the blue sky it was absolutely amazing. We sat it on the patio tonight, and it was amazing. So I hope you had a great day today. Last night, if you missed it, we had a fantastic show. My special guest interview was with Charles Baker Strahan. He has an amazing story of re- reinventing himself from the hair design business, to brand ambassador, to artist, and all the amazing stories that he got to live along the way. We had a great chat with him. And then we started, as we do, every other Tuesday with our special correspondent, David Reddish. David is the entertainment editor from Queerty.com. Had some great stories and a reminder that Outfest LA begins digitally this weekend. Uh, David recommended a couple of films from it. Uh, Outfest is a great LGBTQ film festival that happens in LA every year. This year, because of COVID, they are doing it virtually. So you can actually see all the films, which you don't usually have a chance to do because either A, you don't live in LA, and if you're there, you got to choose between which films you want to see and what parties you want to go to. So they are all online virtually. So look for that this weekend for Outfest LA. You will enjoy it. Speaking of that, I need to also wish David a very happy birthday, along with our East Coast Special uh, uh, Correspondent Entertainment, Adam Rothenberg. They are both celebrating their birthday today, so go wish them a very happy birthday. On Instagram, David Reddish is at thegaymagneto. And Adam is at Call Me Adam NYC. Uh, wish them a happy birthday. They do great job coming on the show. Adam comes on once a month, giving us an East Coast Entertainment Special Correspondent Minute from New York City. And David uh, is on every other Tuesday. And with his great insights, being the editor of Queerity, we get some great insight information from him. So, happy birthday to both of them. Uh, Tonight, another great show for you. If it's Wednesday, that means we have our buddies Josh and Jeff from J&J Buzz on with their Wednesday Pop Culture Minute. Of course, Josh and Jeff are the amazingly handsome and so sweet uh, engaged couple in Nashville, Tennessee, and they're here every Wednesday with what's happening in the world pop culture wise. So we're going to play their report in just a couple of seconds here. And then my interview tonight, my special guest interview, is with actor, writer, and producer Adam DiCarlo. He talks about his career and his film Lost and Found, which I got to see last month. It's, very, uh, it's a great short film, uh, some great acting in it, but it, it's, very, it's a great subject. Someone loses his phone for, uh, after a first date, And his friends dare them that he can't go the entire weekend without it. And he actually kind of sees the world in a new way. So it's an amazing film called Lost and Found. And we're going to talk to Adam all about it and his amazing co-stars in it and his career. He actually grew up from my neck of the woods and went to school in Fullerton, California, which is my namesake um, where I grew up near where I grew up in West Covina. So a uh, great chat with Adam coming up in just a little bit. So before we go into the pop culture um, minute with Jeff and Josh, a couple stories on my radar. I wanted to talk about, if you're not watching the democratic national convention, I understand. So those are boring for some people. You guys all know I'm a political junkie, but it was a very poignant moment last night. You might have missed. They, um, did the roll call of nominations to make uh, Joe Biden the official nominee of the Democratic Party for president. And the way they usually do it, if you have ever got seen a convention in the past, they're all waving their little signs from what state they're in and they have on goofy hats and they're in one big building. And that's they go to each state individually and say, who do you nominate? And they all say who they nominate, right? Well, this year, because it's a virtual convention, they actually went to every single nominating state and province and had them nominate, do their nominees from their location. So they had people from Hawaii, people from Oklahoma, people from Alaska do their nomination process, which was really kind of cool to see all the backgrounds. But if you missed it, a very special moment that happened was from Wyoming, The two people that nominated Joe Biden from Wyoming were Matthew Shepard's parents. Um, Judy Shepard and her husband, Matthew's dad, uh, they are huge activists in the LGBTQ community. Of course, Matthew Shepard was tragically killed by two people um, in Wyoming chained to a fence. uh, There's plays about it. If you don't know who Matthew Shepard is, Please Google it and do some research on it. It's part of our LGBT history you need to know about. But it was very exciting last night to see Matthew Shepard's parents nominate Joe Biden with an impassioned speech about how Joe Biden uh, talked to them after Matthew passed away, what he's going to do for LGBTQ rights. And it was a very powerful moment. So that was pretty exciting last night. And the one other thing I want to talk about before we get started with the show, it's been all over social media if you have friends in LA, um, as I do. Uh, the Instagram influencer Eden the doll and her friends Jocelyn Flawless and Jasline White Rose, they're all transgender ladies. Um, and like I said, um, Eden is an influencer. They were robbed, beaten, and chased through the streets of Hollywood, mind you. Hollywood, California. LGBT, very friendly supposedly, but these guys were robbed, beaten, and chased through the streets. But the worst part of it, one of their attackers actually videotaped the entire thing and posted the video of it to all of their social media. The video shows that passerbys refused to help as the woman pleaded for assistance. There were actually bystanders laughing at them as they were attacked on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles. Jasleen said it was the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me, of course. Um, Not just the fact that I was hit by a grown man, but because there were so many men watching this happen to me and my friends, and we begged for someone to call the police, but they were too busy recording and laughing. Guys, this is a tragedy should never happen. Luckily, they know because this guy shot it and posted it, they found him. He has since said who is other people were. So we know the six people involved. There were six people involved in beating up and robbing these three transgender women. Um, it was a horrible thing, and hopefully justice will be done swiftly. And these guys we arrested and pay for their crime and for the worst part is all these bystanders guys. We have bystanders watching this happen. We have women in distress, guys laughing and watching. Horrible. A lot of my friends on social media posted about it much more eloquently than I can speak about it. I do not know them. I can't speak about it. But any time one of us is hurt, we all hurt. So pay attention out there, guys. Come on. Look after each other. Love each other. And that's all I have to say on that. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the show. Let's go from a downer to picking things back up again with my buddies, Josh and Jeff, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, a little J&J buzz right here on Left to Straight Show. Guys, get away here. Let me find them real quick. Oh, where did I put them? There it is. Here we go. All right, take it away, Josh and Jeff.
1: You are listening. To Josh and Jeff on J and J Buzz. Exclusively. On left of Straight Radio Network. Now Live from Nashville, Tennessee. Here's Josh and Jeff.
3: I like that intro. Is it live?
1: Okay, okay.
3: Live from Nashville. We are we actually are uh We've got so much going on during this pandemic that we're in a parking lot about to shop for groceries. (laughs) But yeah, this is Josh and Jeff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that part. Uh, Yeah, I'm Josh. And I'm Jeff, just in case y'all didn't know. That's right. And this is the J&J Buzz. 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 Buzz, Buzz, Buzz. All right. So uh, we've got a couple stories for you. Uh, Uh, Jeffrey, what do you got? Okay, look. This guy is waiting tables, right? An older
1: man and woman with their middle-aged son come and sit down and eat or whatever and it's time to leave. Well, they ask the waiter for a pin. I guess, you know, he thinks they're going to sign the receipt. Yeah, leave a tip. Okay, he goes back after they're gone. Mind you, they're wearing Trump hats, Trump shirts, and I'm not going to say what it said on the $5 bill, but they wrote an anti-gay flirt on the $5 bill that they left him for a tip. Are
3: Atlanta. you serious? Yeah. They had on a Trump hat? Yes. He you know... so. Uh shady. yeah I, I think those hats say something like "Make America great again," or something um, like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, how great. Have you seen my red hat? I have my <laughs> red hat that says, uh, "Make red hats wearable again," <laughs> and that I think that's true, don't y'all? All right, so I have a story that is kind of crazy. It's a father literally beat his son with a TV cable after finding Grinder on his phone.
1: That
3: is insane. No, no, no. So this is where it gets bad, right? Well, so he went to court. Uh, Here's the story. Basically, it was a 15-year-old kid. The dad asked to borrow the kid's phone. He found grinder and some, like, bad, you know, naked nudie photos or something. Always get people in trouble. And he beat him. He, like, gave him 20 lashes. And so the court gave the dad 18 months in jail which is to me I, I'm like okay this must have been really a beating but uh, apparently they broke sk- he broke skin on the the kid uh the yeah, dad
1: nothing that ever ever is okay to put your hands on somebody especially your kid
3: yeah the dad said when he was getting sentenced that it wasn't about the fact that his son was actually bisexual it was actually about the nude photos on on his iphone Ooh, (laughs) i'm like yeah pictures yeah but the court said in the uh charging documents that he said he was that his son was gay and he was a woman So the judge said, oh, no, you may be remorseful now, but you did wrong. Go to jail. He's going to be the woman in jail. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, I carry a wallet. You carry a wallet, right? You barely carry a wallet. Like, you forget your wallet in the car. Sometimes. Well, because you say the wallet puts, like, a bulge on your butt. It does. It makes it look off on one side. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, <laughs> but it. I mean, even if it does. I mean, yo, it, it, it looks good. All right, there is a young man who went to
1: Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort and walked in with like, you know, a coach, not a fanny pack, but kind of like a a purse kind of thing over the shoulder. A satchel. Whoa. Yes. Okay, they told him whenever he went to go in that he couldn't come in there with that because men don't carry purses. What? After oh, they searched, oh. it, searched the one that he had, but didn't ask the lady in front or behind him to what? see in their purses. Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm not somebody that wants to carry, but I don't ever like to carry bags or anything. You carry bags. Like the okay, older, I
1: carry, like, a Nike bag over... the Both shoulders bag kind of thing. thing. But, but little, still, either way... Well, what kind of
3: bag was it? A coach. Are you serious? <laughs> So it was a nice, like, little leather satchel, but because he was a dude, they wouldn't let him...
1: They told him he could not come in with that because men do not carry purses.
3: Did they let women in the
1: casino with their purses? Yeah, the one right in front of him and behind him. Oh, that's discrimination. Yes. That is messed up. Of course, you know, the, the president or whatever emailed him and gave him an apology.
3: Oh, but, of the casino. I thought yeah. you were talking about Trump. I'm like, Trump doesn't even know how to <laughs> yeah, email. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. He knows how to file. How to tweet. Yeah, and file bankruptcy a lot. <laughs> oh, he does that know that how to check. tweet. <laughs> Speaking of, yes, he needs to learn how where the mailbox is because we need that check. Or direct deposit. That's even quicker. Okay. <laughs> we need <know> right. that. <laughs> All right, we got to go. I'm Josh. All right, and I'm Jeff. Y'all have a good one. And this is J&J Buzz. Buzz.
1: This was J&J Buzz, exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network.
0: I love those boys. And I agree, Jeff. I don't wear a wallet either because I have a big enough butt already. I don't want to have a bulge on one side of my butt. And those who know me laugh at me constantly because I really don't even have a wallet. I have my – I have – Three pieces of ID and two credit cards in a rubber band in my front pocket, so it's really thin. So, I hear you, buddy. We are simpatico there. All right, guys, that's little J and J Buzz. Uh, follow them on Instagram and social media at I'm Still Josh and J Mac. Uh, they're great. So let's go ahead and get into it. We have a great special guest interview for you today. As I said, he is a writer, a producer, an actor. From my neck of the woods in Southern California, now transplanted to New York City, where he is making his mark, including this great new film called Lost and Found. It's a short film that he wrote himself, took care of himself, and I absolutely loved it last month. I knew I had him him on the show. So let's go ahead and play a little music, and when I come back, we're going to be talking to the one, the only, Mr. Adam DiCarlo. Listen to Left to straight show right here on the Left to Straight Radio Network. Talk to you in a bit. I
2: love with a photo. Head over heels for a face I'll never know. Squeaky clean in a bathrobe. Just the hint of the skin that hides below. I can't help it. I'm already, already dreaming.
0: Guys and gals, we are back. That was Stefan Alexander with Photograph. Guys, my next guest today is an award winning actor and filmmaker who grew up in my old neck of the woods in Southern California. He studied theater there at my old namesake campus before he got his BA in theater from UC Riverside. He then went to New York City where he studied the renowned Circle in the Square Theater School and performed in some of my favorite television shows and many other roles in film and theater. It came to my attention last month with his short film, Lost and Found, that I found. I thought it was an intriguing concept and it had a stellar task. I'm excited to talk about all this and more, so please welcome up to the straight show for the very first time, the handsome and talented Mr. Adam DiCarlo. Adam, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good, good. Thank
4: you for having me, Scott.
0: No problem. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How's everything in beautiful downtown New York today? All good. Beautiful day. People are out. Weather is nice. Can't complain. Gotta like that. Summer's getting a little bit back to normal for you guys there. I'm very happy about that. How did you uh, handle the whole COVID thing? How's the family doing in Southern Cal? Are you a chef? Were you able to cook? I I miss my restaurants a lot. (laughs) Did you starve to death for three months?
4: Uh, You know, right before it all went down, we had, like, a huge Costco run, so we were pretty stocked up for a good long time. But, um, yeah, we cook a lot. We were fine in that department. Um, I'm like you. I definitely miss my regular bars and restaurants. But, uh, you know, things are very, very slowly starting to come back here, so that's good. You know, none of our main places have closed, which is good. But, uh, yeah, you know, one day at a time like everybody else. Just uh,
0: Fantastic. You know. And we're going <laughs> to talk about your background a bit. You're from SoCal, where I am, and that's on a second wave or a long continuation of the first. How's your family and everyone back there doing?
4: Um, everyone's good. Everyone's, you know, hunkered down the whole time and being safe, so that's good. No health scares or anything in California for us, so that's been
0: good. Nice. Very, very good. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We have a lot to talk about, but let's start with a little bit of the background, Talk about growing up. Where exactly did you grow up, and what kind of a kid were you? Um, yeah, I'm from
4: Orange, California, not too far where you were from. And, um, yeah, growing up, I absolutely hated school. <laughs> I was not into school <laughs> whatsoever. Um, my parents let my brother and I, um, we were very exposed to films as kids, um, There's so many things in the 90s that I saw in the theaters that I look back on now and I'm like, I cannot believe I saw that in a movie (laughs) theater. I was way too young. But, um, you know, as long as nothing was, like, too sexual or anything like that, you know, They let us kind of see whatever, and um, so I was exposed to so much stuff at such a very young age, and I would go back to school, and I didn't understand why none of my friends or people in class had seen all of these rated R movies, and I was like, (laughs) well, why haven't you seen that? And they're like, we can't, we're not allowed at all. I was like, oh, that's so weird. So, yeah,
2: I was exposed
4: to a lot of film as a kid, and so that was really my love. I watched movies all the time. Anything that came out and there was, like, a toy line attached, had all of that, played with toys all the time. So I was really more interested in, like, pretend and make-believe and, you know, play pretty much as a kid. There you go. And then I got to college and found out you could study whatever you like. And so there, you know, I got to take film courses and theater stuff and, uh, you know, music score classes and video game, all the stuff that had interests me. And I really got to study it. And then, you know, finally in college, like, I really excelled at school because I could study all the things that really, really interested me. So, um, yeah, I was kind
0: of always watching movies and playing. And,
4: you know, that was kind of me as a kid.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, Cal State Fullerton and, and uh, Fullerton College are my namesakes, of course. I don't have any relatives yep. that it's named after, unfortunately. But I did not realize... They both have pretty intensive theater programs. I mean Cal State Fullerton, I think they have an intensive where you have to apply to get in and starts with like maybe a hundred people and goes down to eleven people by the end of the semester and Fullerton has a pretty oh, wow. Fullerton College has a pretty interesting concept. So I did not know that. Talk about their theater program there. Yeah, I went to Fullerton
4: Community College or Fullerton College. Right. And um, was involved in their theater department all three years that I was there. I was a theater ambassador for a number of years. And um, I went in, and during high school, I didn't do any, like, theater stuff at my high school. Um, My parents had Mm -hmm. enrolled me in South Coast Repertory when I was, like, in eighth grade. So I was there from, like, doing classes from, like, eighth grade all the way through high school. And they're very serious there like they treat you like an adult you're doing really serious work and like you know so I had all of that going into Fullerton College and then I just nice. started kind of auditioning for all the plays there and um, really got on with the directors and it was great so you know coming off of South Coast Rep, learned a whole lot more stuff at uh, Fullerton and I was just kind of constantly doing all the shows every year, was an ambassador for the theater department. And, um, yeah, it was great.
0: That's awesome. And what uh, made you choose UC Riverside? I have some great friends who live in Redlands. I'm very familiar with a lot of people. I had a lot of friends that went to UC Riverside. What made you choose that for uh, finishing up your bachelor's?
4: Well, as it turns out, I actually did not choose to go to UC Riverside. I <laughs> wanted to transfer to UC Irvine because they have a great theater department. And I had a little bit of a math hiccup in that I bombed a math class. And, you know, when you transfer, you have to have things in, like, on time. And so I was like, shit, I think this is really going to affect UCI. And they were like, sorry, like, this math thing, you know, isn't taken care of. We can't accept you. So I was like, crap, now I have to wait all this more time to, like, transfer and um, my brother had gone to UC Riverside uh, a number of years before me. And they sent me a thing in the mail and was like, hey, we'd love to take you. Um, don't worry about the math thing. And you're a part of the theater department. And I was like, okay, I'll just go do that. So.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. That was That's hilarious. That
4: was I went to UC Riverside and commuted oh my every God. day. The 40 miles <laughs> for two years. So, yeah, I finished up my college education there and – theater and painted a lot
0: there and yeah so it wasn't That's the hell commute too. going back 91 taking 91 through there oh i hate that drive yeah so much traffic yeah it wasn't wow
4: luckily like my last year i was going to school like three days a week instead of five which made it a little better but still yeah there it wasn't know. uh it wasn't very fun
0: <laughs> nice and tell me about your uh, lgbtq journey when did you kind of first come out to yourself, and when did you kind of first find your LGBTQ tribe? Um,
4: Geez, I was pretty late in life, actually. Um, I've only really been out for, like, the last five years. So, while I've been in New York, I've lived in New York, uh, next month will be ten years. So, about right. half of that. Yeah, when I moved to oh. New York, I was just, uh, I was in school, and then afterwards I was just, you know, full force ahead, tunnel vision, you know, become a professional actor, become a professional actor and have like a laundry list of all these things I wanted to accomplish. And so all of that stuff wasn't really in my mind. I just had this goal at the uh, the end of the tunnel and I was just really working towards that full force. And then once I uh, finally got my representation and started going out for TV and film stuff and was like, oh, finally, like, all of my things are crossed off and I'm on my way. I was like, you know, I haven't like given much thought to all of this other part of me that I've sort of been like putting under the rug. So that's when all of that started to kind of happen.
0: I like that story. Now I was going to ask you what would bring you from California to New York? Was it for uh, for school then? Yeah. So after
4: college, I came out here to, go to Circle in the Square Theater School, and I always wanted to study theater in New York City. The goal was always to do, like, television and film, on-camera stuff. And, you know, at a certain point, I was just sort of doing, like, an inventory of who all of my favorite actors were, and they are all theater-based. They all kind of had that as um, the bedrock of their experience was doing theater stuff, whether it would be London or New York. Um, and I right. loved theater, and I wanted to continue that. So I wanted to study theater in New York City and then use that as kind of a jumping point to do TV and film just to, like, you know, have more tools in my toolbox because I was just kind of looking at my favorite people, and I was like, all the best film actors, they all have that theater training. So I wanted to do it. Right. Like here in new york and i just always wanted to live in new york city anyway but so yeah i never really gave like la much of a thought to be honest because i i wanted to do it in new york city
0: that's amazing i love that and i think that's a true actor's actor that that pays attention to his craft like that i'm very impressed with it because i think after the first winter i'd be hightailing it back to pilot season in la so i'm impressed with you my friend that's very cool Nice. It, that
4: was a culture shock. The winners, you know, that first winner was absolutely
0: brutal. Um, I bet. But, yeah,
4: I've gotten used to it a little.
0: Nice. So let's talk about New York a bit, and let's go to some of your earlier work before we get to the uh, film. Um, I saw one little clip of stand-up. Talk to me about that. Was that an experiment, or were you ever kind of pursuing stand-up and comedy at all?
4: Oh, that's actually um, that's from a short film. Right. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, cause i, I There's only one clip,
4: post, like, so I wanted to check.
0: Like, when did you do stand up? I was like, No, no, no. It was from a film.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, I there played a go. stand-up comedian.
0: Here's some of the roles. Then, I mean, you've been in some fun. Te- like I said in the intro, I'm a television junkie. I watch way too much oh, television, yeah. probably. So let's talk about some of the roles that I'm interested in. You were on. Unforgettable, which I love, just because I love Poppy Montgomery. I've always been a huge fan. Dylan Walsh, I was a Nip Tuck fanatic, and then Kathy Najimi I just loved to death. Talk about the experience being on that set.
4: Yeah, that was my uh, my first TV gig ever, which was nerve wracking because it's like you know, it's an as an actor not having that experience before. You know, it's a lot coming at you. Um, right. But so that was my, my first TV gig. The day for me was all of two hours. Uh, it was really in and out really Hello? quick. And it was interesting because I was coming from like way deep in the shot on a specific line. And like I, you know, was so far from all the actors, I couldn't hear it. So there was like a PA to like kind of give me a little pat on the back to start walking.
2: Um,
4: and, you know, it took a couple of takes to get the timing right. And everyone was like, oh my God. And I'm just, you know, I've never, it was my first TV role. So, you know, and everyone's like, no, no, no it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And they're all yelling at this PA. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, we'll get it right. We'll That's get it right. Um, so it, it, it took a little, uh, a, a few tries, but we finally got it. But um, yeah, it was a very quick day for me. And um, yeah, it was cool.
0: Talk about that transition from going from theater to television. Um, Obviously, like you said, it's it's a two-hour gig, but you're kind of – there's got to be a lot of nerves involved, and there's so much other stuff going on that you don't see. Um, What was was your first impression of television?
4: Uh, Well, luckily for me, actually, Mm -hmm. I had been a stand-in on the show Gotham for the entire five seasons. So – You know, I was there every day almost, you know, on this enormous show. So I luckily got used to, you know, having the crew on the other side and the cameras right in your face and the lights and the setup, um, which can be so jarring if you're not in any way uh, used to it. Luckily, I had that experience and, you know, the whole being on set, I was very used to because it just felt like I was at, you know, my uh, survival job as an actor.
0: Okay, Um, that's awesome. Talk about the Gotham experience. I didn't know you were doing I didn't know you were standing in for the whole five years. That's kind of interesting. Talk about how the Gotham gig came about about and what your experience was on that set.
4: Yeah, I just, um, I
0: applied for
4: a gig that was, you know, a uh, series regular stand-in for Robin Lord Taylor, who was going to be playing the Penguin on this new show about, like, a prequel to Batman. And so we were the same height, And he had dyed his hair dark for the show, which I have dark hair. So I went over and, you know, they did like a quick interview and looked at me and all the proportions were right. And then, you know, they were like, hey, we're going to you're going to be like the regular stand in for this guy on the show. So whenever he's there, you know, we'll call you and you'll come and blah, blah, blah. And if you're not there, it'll be somebody else but you'll always be our first call for Robin. And I was like, great. Love that. And so then I was there all five years, became very good friends with Robin and, you know, the whole crew, and it became like a family, and it was a wonderful experience. And it honestly sort of turned into, like, free film school, because as a stand-in, you're right in the center of all the action as it takes place and gets set up, and you know, you're talking with the actors and the director and the cinematographer and the camera crew and all that stuff. You're right in the thick of it. So if you just shut up and listen and really pay attention to everything that's going on around you. You know, it was an incredible learning experience for five years and met some really incredible people. And it was a it was just an awesome experience that I'm absolutely
0: grateful for. I bet, because I was going to ask you about that. It's It's so much the entertainment business is who you meet, and when you do yeah. gigs like that, my brother, that's how my brother made it through college, was he was a, an extra in a stand-in for four years while he was going to college. That's what he did for his downtime. Well, you do as they say. They love you. I mean, he got called back all the time for a lot of different gigs, and you really can learn a lot about the business. Plus, you make those invaluable connections. I mean, Robin's in your film we're going to talk about in a second. So that had to be just a great time to kind of Network as well, right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. The whole the whole experience was just really wonderful, and yeah, it, like you said, you know, so many times in this industry, people, you know, kind of as you're starting out or whatever, you know, always say the like, you know, it's all about who you know, and you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't, I don't fucking know anybody. Like, how do I meet people? And then, <laughs> you know, it's just it's little things that happen, and then you kind of look back and you're like, see, I all these years have gone, but I do know people now, actually, you know, just from here and there and certain experiences, they all sort of add up and you have this like wonderful Rolodex that you were like, Oh, I wasn't even, yeah, I do know people now, you know? So yeah, it was really great. I learned a ton. The people were wonderful. Yeah. We had a great time.
0: And that that's the second part of it too. The, the, the attitude that you have on set and just the actual kindness. I mean, we've had the, Leah Michelle horror stories, right? But if people people notice yeah. the people that really want to be there and that are respectful for everything, and I think such a great impression, and you want to work with these people later on, right?
4: Yeah, we really didn't have any, you know, diva actors or any of that kind of behavior. And, you know,
0: obviously, if you watch the show,
4: you know, we had an enormous,
2: huge, huge right. cast.
4: And for a lot of them, it was their first really huge gig or their first, you know, TV series regular. And so, yeah, we just didn't really have any diva behavior. Everyone was so grateful for the gig and had so much fun doing it. You know, as you saw, like, people had really cool costumes and makeup, and we got to do a lot of really awesome shit on that show. So everyone was so cool. And I remember at a certain point, one of our set decorators, we were like in season two or three, and we had like basically the same crew. All five years, you know, it's little exceptions here and there. People left or came in, but uh, he was like, "Look, I've been doing this for decades, and it is very rare that you keep a crew on a show like this over and over and over again." You know, because it's
0: that's awesome, yeah. Tempers get
4: cool. uh, you know, or you know, people leave for whatever reason, but people really, really enjoyed working on that show. So for the whole five years, we pretty much had the same core crew so it was a very kind of family dynamic which was awesome which from what i hear is a little rare in new york city tv
0: i like that that's very cool like you said the cast was actually i mean there was so many great people that were on that series long term and short term i love ben mckenzie of course robin is amazing um Cameron Monaghan from shameless was on a couple things I loved seeing him on the show I mean just a lot of great people went in and out of that show so it had to be a lot of fun I can imagine well let's jump into this film lost and found I want to know the impetus of it um when did this idea come to you because you did the whole shebang you kind of wrote it you you brought the team together you did a great kickstarter campaign I mean Went above and beyond what you were looking for on that. Talk about the impetus of this and how it started to come together for you. Yeah, uh, you know, living in
4: New York and, you know, having a kind of actor tribe of um friends and colleagues, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, are you writing something? You should write something. Make your own work in between auditioning because, you know, auditioning, you're going to have dry spells and then when it rains, it pours, you know, so you kind of got to keep yourself a little occupied in between all of that. And I was always like, Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm not a writer. I don't really think that like, no, I, I just don't really see that for me. And I don't really have any ideas. I don't know what I want to say. Eh. I was always very like, eh, <laughs> no, no. And about a year and a half ago, I guess, uh, the winter of 2019, um, I was on the train and I was just sort of like at the end of it looking down and I just noticed that every single person on the train was on their phone in some capacity, right playing video games, babies holding giant iPads or, you know, texting or Instagram or listening to music, you know, watching a movie, just everyone in some way was like on a device. And I just sort of, like, had this moment of, like, holy shit, like, we really we really have, like, an addiction to these things, of these, um, you know, devices. And, like, everyone's head is just down in this screen. And I was like, this is crazy. And so I just sort of had this idea of, like, what if somebody, you know, made a bet that they would have to go a whole weekend without a device? You know, what would that be like? And so I just sort of, like, Obviously, had to get out my phone, um, but got out my phone <laughs> and opened the, uh, like, the notes app, and I just started, like, writing ideas down, and it just sort of, you know, over a few days kind of snowballed into this idea of, like, you know, if somebody on a dating app, you know, had, like, a really awesome date and then lost their phone and then was put on a bet, you know, if you, if you could go a whole weekend without one, you know, like what would you do and what would you experience? And so, yeah, just sort of a snowball from there. And then I was like, I think I have like a short film idea. And I was like, I don't know that I'm going to do anything with it. And then (laughs) I, uh, I just sort of started like writing it down and it kind of just, you know, one page at a time and yeah, just sort of started working it out. And, kind of became what lost and found is.
0: well amazing story i love the concept of it as i said earlier you got this great cast you got robin lord taylor of course you work with uh to come on board tommy beardmore uh laura delhauer i mean great cast a lot of fun talk about the shoot these things sometimes are done very quickly how are you able to pull all yourself together and how long of a shoot was it Uh, Yeah, the shoot was
4: last September for two days. So it's basically two dialogue scenes, as you saw, and then, like, a huge montage of, like, the city in the middle of it. So we did all the dialogue scenes in one day, the first scene in the morning, and then Robin and I at the park in the afternoon, and that was day one. And then day two that didn't have sound was, you know, just sort of like a guerrilla point-and-shoot in the city, hope everything (laughs) goes well. (laughs) kind of day. So everything else was, you know, me walking around the city and all that uh, was day two. And, you know, it was one of those things like being on location, you can only prepare so much, you know, and the rest of it is like, God, I hope when we get there, everyone's cool. No one's looking into the lens too much. And that, you know, all that stuff where we are capturing people on their phone, you know, I hope that people are on their phone to even capture, you know, I hope they're cool with it or, you know, all that. And, you know, hoping for good weather, you know, the shot on top, on top of the boat, you know, we only had one take to get like, pray to God, we get that, (laughs) you know, so it was a lot of, you know, you can only prepare to such a degree. You just sort of have to hope New York city cooperates that day. And as it turns out, (laughs) we got incredibly lucky. We got everything ahead of schedule um Everyone was really cool with it, that we were uh shooting out in you know all the parks and stuff and it just it all really worked out and then of course, the next day it was torrential downpour in New York City, so we really dodged the bullet, <laughs> bullet with that one but
0: um yeah, it there you all go,
4: really lucked out. So it was, a, it was a pretty quick two-day shoot. I had a schedule both days. And, yeah, it was, it was nerve-wracking going into it because, again, you just don't know what's going to happen. And we did luck out, so that was awesome.
0: Right. Well, talk about doing the whole shebang here. I mean, talk about raising money. You got a Kickstarter campaign, which I said did great. You were looking for 4500 Got a little over 5000 on there. So you're having to ask people for money, which is always a weird experience to find all these technical people and the people around you. How was it putting this team together, and what was the experience like for you overall?
4: Um, it ended up being a really wonderful experience. When it started, like, like, geez, about a year ago, it would have been, like, early last August. You know, it was, I had never produced a film, and I didn't know what to expect budget-wise or how much things cost right. or how much people cost because I just didn't have a frame of reference having not done it before. So, you know, I was kind of uh, very naive and thinking that I would just sort of get this producer who would go, here's all this money, make a fit, you know, that (laughs) did not happen. And so I never really had planned to do like crowdfunding, because I was like, I I don't really want to do that. And It got to a point where I was like, I think I have to do that. Like, there's really no other choice here. And given the aesthetic of the film with all the green trees and stuff, you know, I knew I had to, like, shoot it before fall, basically, because I didn't want bare trees to be in the film. And, you know, I very easily could have pushed it to spring 2020, which would have really sucked because it wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, I was kind of on a time crunch of, like, I think it's, September or early October we got to get this done so I was like all right I think we got to crowdfund. and so I had contacted my producers who I found online and saw that they were doing really great work and primarily like short films and stuff and met with them and we had really good meetings and we're kind of uh on the same page about a lot of things and uh hired them and then through them, you know, they had, like, a, uh, a list of people for sound and cinematographers, and so assembling the team, and the actors were all in place. They all had agreed to do it. And so, yeah, I put up the crowdfunding on uh, Indiegogo, and it was a very weird, like, okay, when we do this, there's no going back. Like, if I push launch campaign, we are making a movie. I think we had our goal within a few days, it was very fast. I was incredibly overwhelmed by the, uh, the generosity of people from all over the world who, you know, contributed. And, you know, we had all posted really? it on Instagram and shared it on social media, and it did really well. And I was, um, I was really shocked and overwhelmed at how fast it all accumulated, and it was, that was a
0: huge relief and i was
4: very thankful to everybody yeah we did it in just a few days it was
0: awesome i bet that's amazing so you you've created this project now it's come all together and you do your first big public screening at the big apple film festival back in february before all the madness happened talk about what it was like to actually see it in front of everybody how cool of an experience was that oh i stood in the
4: back of the theater i was like this is- this is really, you know, we had everybody in the audience and um, we had some of the cast and friends and our producers. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to stand in the back. And um, so I did and, uh, for the block of films. But um, yeah, it was very cool seeing it in the theater. It was, it was just bizarre how quickly it all came together. Cause we shot it in September, started editing in November. It was done at the top of January. And then in February, it was in a movie theater. In New York City, and we, oh. I was just like, this is wild. Like, my movie is playing in a movie theater. It was very cool. It was a great experience. I was so happy to have everybody there, and, yeah, it was wonderful.
0: Oh. I bet. Congratulations, man. And then it's on film festivals day right now from New York, Germany, Miami, I'm excited! It's going to be in Oregon this month. I've spent four years there. I love Oregon.
4: It's going to be at a drive-in in Oregon, which is cool.
0: Oh, that's got to be awesome! Are you going to be able to get out there? Do you think? No,
4: I won't. It's um, it's this coming week. It's on a uh, Tuesday, October eighteenth. It'll be playing there. Well, that's right, um,
0: Tuesday. Gosh, I thought it was next weekend. Okay, that's right. I lived in Oregon for quite a while. It's a lot. It's a fun. Ex- Have you ever? hope to go to any of these far away film festivals is that your goal for anyone uh
4: miss rona kovadina hit i was um certainly planning on doing like a uh <laughs> you know festival tour but you know so many of them have been, been pushed back or postponed to next year so we'll see you know as time goes on if i'm able to but um yeah that was it was certainly the plan too but uh this year obviously uh, took a little bit of a turn
0: right right of course well, you got to be proud, though. I mean, like I said, Golden Platinum Actor Awards for yourself and Robin. Best LGBTQ Film Festival at New York International Film Awards. I mean, that's exciting stuff for your first time out of the gate, my friend. Very impressive.
4: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wonderful experience and uh, have certainly learned a lot. So we'll apply all that to uh,
0: the next one. Well, I'm excited. I hope more people get to see it. Like I said, it was on streaming. Or do you have the next one? phase of it are you you talking to anyone to try to get it uh hopefully distributed somewhere or are you just going to put it out yourself um what do you what's the next phase for it uh well we still have quite a few
4: festivals to hear from so that'll kind of be for the rest of 2020 but um you know as we said on uh tuesday august 18th it'll be playing at the oregon short film festival and then on a uh, Wednesday, August nineteenth, it'll be streaming on Facebook, I believe, as part of uh, the New Filmmakers New York Film Festival like summer series. So um, it'll okay. be on Facebook Wednesday, and uh, Oregon on Tuesday, and then uh, after that we shall see. It was just it just had a bunch of online streaming for uh, June and July. So yeah, we shall see after
0: next week where we are going next very good congratulations well uh, what's on what's on tap for you i mean it's a weird year we have no idea what's coming in front (laughs) of us do you have any projects kind of lined up that you're hoping will come together or what's what's the next step for you my friend i do yeah in
4: uh in the fall i kind of um had another idea for something so I very vaguely sort of started it, and then, you know, we got into editing on Lost and Found, and then the holidays hit, and, you know, I just sort of put it to the side. But while we've had a whole lot of nothing to do the last several months, I was like, well, this is the perfect time to get back to that script and try and finish it. So um, I did finish it. It's called Skeletons, and hopefully we'll be in pre production here coming up pretty soon. And it's a uh, LGBTQ relationship drama. And um, it's pretty much all the same gang back together. Robin Lord Taylor and Tommy Beardmore will be in it. And yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to film that in the fall.
0: Congratulations. That's awesome. We'll have to have you back on when it premieres again. That would be great. I love that. Yeah, absolutely.
4: That. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we're able to do that in the next few months. Fingers crossed.
0: There you go. Congratulations. Well, Adam, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the Left to Straight show. Let everyone know... Where they can find yours in the film, social media on Instagram, and where they can find your website. You have a great website if people are looking for a fantastic actor out there as well.
4: Oh, thank you so much, Yeah. On Instagram, you can find "Lost and Found" at a uh, Lost and Found short film. Um, you can find myself at that Adam Carlo. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, those are the two accounts to do it. And then, yeah, my website is just adamdecarlo.com. And, uh, yeah, anything that's updates with the film and all that will be uh, Instagram. So that Adam DeCarlo and Lost and Found
0: short film. Amazing. All right, stay on the line, my friend. Guys, we're going to play out a little music here. I'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network.
1: Maybe too soon to say but it ain't like it don't show My eyes will tell you everything you already know I want to stay the obvious But you and I say, hey, let's take it slow Let's take it slow And yet it doesn't need to be heard How I love Enough to think that you're in control when destiny decides, you got to put your shove aside and let him roll.
0: favorite songs of the summer guys I hope you enjoyed the show tonight I know I sure did a big shout out and thanks to Josh and Jeff from J&J for their wonderful pop culture minute today and of course my very special guest interview Adam DiCarlo please follow Adam on social media look for his film Lost and Found short film and if you have a chance you can find it streaming please do you're going to enjoy it take my word for it He's going to have a lot of stuff, great stuff coming ahead of him, I can just tell. So, guys, thanks. We had a great show tonight. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. Again, you can always follow us on social media. My social media on Twitter and Instagram is at Left of Straight, always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. On Facebook, it's the Left of Straight Show. And my personal profile is Scott Fullerton. You can send me a friend request. And we also have the Left of Straight show interns, and they take care of the social media on Instagram and Twitter at Left of Straight Radio. They do some amazing videos over there and also the Left of Straight Radio Facebook page as well. Guys, we're scheduled to be back tomorrow on 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern tomorrow and Friday. i got to be honest for you. We are, we're having uh, some guest issues that we're trying to work through right now. I may have to have a very special switch on the guests. But I will let you know exactly what's happening tomorrow. We're just looking forward to uh, bringing you great interviews and having some great fun on the radio five days a week, right here in the Leftist Street Radio Network. So again, thanks, Joff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Adam. And you all have a great evening. All right. We'll see you later. Bye bye.